welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the fourth episode in the first season of Vikings. This episode was written by Michael Hurst, directed by Sirian Donnelly. I gave it a 9.2 out of 10. We finally got to see a Viking versus Northumbria fighting force and we got to see our vikings in action and i thought that that was a pretty exciting aspect of this episode uh we start to get a little bit more of who our antagonists are so to speak depending on which side of the equation you're looking on because for king ayla the vikings are invading his land and for Ragnar, who we know a lot more intimately, this is the guy that we're going to have to get through <laughs> to acquire more of the, the rating that we are exploiting in order to amass our own fortune back home. So... His name in this episode is finally whispered in the winds of England. At this time, the Anglo-Saxons had split England into several different regions uh i'm just going off the top of my head so i may misspeak but i do know that we have wessex northumbria uh oh i i used to know so many more <laughs> those are the two that's always uh high up in my head but there there's that from i believe there's seven yeah because it mirrors game of thrones the seven kingdoms uh northumbria is supposed to be like uh where john snow's people's from <laughs> uh wessex and oh man now that's gonna bother me because it's like right at the tip of my tongue you saw it as well in vikings valhalla if you have watched that series it's gonna bother me i'm sure it's gonna come up again in the show right now i am entirely <laughs> to uh to already too far gone in my cup to to possibly be trying to recall this information on the fly but the point of it is we are starting to get into the history aspect and this show was on the history channel for the longest actually for its entirety it was on the history channel it's the one thing history channel had to offer considering it no longer has decided it's going to do so and instead focuses on how aliens have created society what the fuck is wrong with you it was literally bothering me so i just went ahead and googled it (laughs) so at this it gives you a time period as well it's 556 I'm not going to mention the two I said at least 20 times thinking, you know, maybe I'll pick up the song that'll inspire the other five, but there's Mercia, Sussex, I can't believe I didn't think of that, Kent, Essex, 
and East Anglia. So they're ruled by seven different kings. And I bet you didn't even know about that Game of Thrones tie-in. Unless you're like a diehard Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> oh, but me and, uh, when I was in London, me and this uh, other woman, we was looking around like, J.K. Rowling and, and, and Peter Jackson, is that his name? I'm not even sure. I don't remember. J.J.R. No. Yeah, Peter Jackson somewhere else. He's a director. G.R.R. Martin. They really, they really did a lot of ripping off of history and reconstructualized it into some very successful book franchises. They basically just fanfic real life history and it's amazing i'm not knocking at all because that's fucking brilliant let's get into this episode since i i just keep on going down tangents and now that i have gotten that out of my way uh where do we want to start we spend most of it in the kingdom of wessex this time king ayla is made aware of the fact that there are people on their land he is able to we see in the end dispatch a group of soldiers to handle these particular people but that doesn't go the way they planned y'all don't really get it i pull up in a lemon blocks get to spinning Money 3D printing. Never had a limit. They had captured one of the uh, soldiers, which led them to the. Are they in Northumbria? I'm. My apologies. I thought. I think I said Wessex, and that is absolutely incorrect. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> but Northumbria, the village of Hexham, they are awaiting to attack now rollo who doesn't use much of his brain cells can't comprehend that there may be a game plan and on i try to be fair about this you know you're following because they're supposed to be equals right so if we're equals how come i'm not privy to the plan right because i know i tend to err on the side of ragnar but why not just tell him in that moment instead of saying Arne what's today today is Saturday (laughs) that is one of my favorite deliveries (laughs) of Arne and he says you'll find out tomorrow and he's like what if we're gonna find out tomorrow you'll know tomorrow well why can't you just tell me right fucking now I kind of I'm with him on that point because that now puts him in a leadership position and he's now in the shadow of his of his brother and they really were this is supposed to be a joint enterprise and everyone else seems to have no no quarrel being you know falling into line however we know that that's a big chip on rollo's shoulder the reason for them waiting is because they know most of the villagers or ragnar knows because he has been hanging out with a christian that on sunday they gather for mass ragnar is able to speak to the priest and says look if you do not get in our way no one will be harmed god bless you (laughs) you ain't right for that and 
they go around and start taking the gold you see a moment a surprising moment from rollo where there's an old man sitting in bed and instead of slay him as one would expect he decides to offer him a last bit of drink before he takes the cup now something that is not it is what it is as uh most men with penises seemed to do back then they would rape women during raids so canute finds uh an english woman and he's about to do what any of them would have done but lagatha is there in this moment and of course she takes a front to this and she attacks him for attacking the woman and then tries to rape her so she of course is a boss ass bitch and defends herself and kills that motherfucker but unfortunately uh, ragnar had given a warning that you need to stay close and in sight during this raid and she had made the nice cute comment back i was gonna say the same of you husband but he knew with all the adrenaline and her being the only female and as we've seen previously in society that they have a strict set of viking rules and that women are prone to being molested and thus this creates a diplomatic issue between ragnar and earl harrelson and we all know that earl harrelson has been looking for a reason so he finds the whole situation uh just the ploy that he needs to claim that ragnar has been plotting against him that there was no rape since no one was able to witness the situation we had that moment of ragnar taking it out on rollo like where were you like bruh she's your wife which rather begs the question here particularly when we hear rollo espousing or expun whatever the word you want to use right now espousing that's the one i wanted to use uh his undying love for lagatha if his brother is aware of his own brother's feelings and may rather rely on you know i was out taking care of my business i expected you to be next to my wife like you always am when i'm five seconds out the room so that's a curious question that i don't have the answer to (laughs) um so there's a child to be had and earl harrelson realizing that there's a clear rivalry between the brothers decides that he's going to approach rollo i'm gonna bribe you if you could testify against ragnar Ziggy's even kind of shaking her little tits at him and everything. Uh, and this is something that Rolo definitely seems to be considering. And after Ragnar's, uh, you know, kind of shutting out of Rolo, it was it was a little bit of a surprise that he ended up backing up his brother and testifying that he did in fact witness 
not written this, but he believed the fact that Lagatha was molested and Rolo has as I stated in an earlier podcast, he does have a little he has weight of his own. So it's not that his brother just completely out shines him. If anything, one would kind of feel that Rolo has a little bit more muscle weight because it was their homes. Uh, it looked like the whole boat situation was a little bit of a side project with just Floki and Ragnar until he brought his brother in and he needed to convince his brother to get other people to be convinced. So to say that Rolo doesn't have his own clout, I think it goes back to that statement that Lagatha said to him is that I would never insult such a great warrior. So now that the Earl's plan falls through, he decides that he is going to be petty as they celebrate at Eric's house. Fucking Eric. He was just a a cool dude with nice blonde flowing hair. Ain't did nothing to nobody looking like he just just be on the cover of a romance novel next to some uh, English maiden. (laughs) They come to their home and they kill Eric. They start some shit where there's children even involved. Clearly they were not expecting this type of retaliation, which was some on some bitch ass shit for real and the children have to be protected as the others protect themselves from all the men that are sent and all of them are slaughtered and i will say boss ass moves sending earl harrelson all his men back on a cart just drop that shit off right in front of the castle like oh okay I know I did skip over a few things, uh, but I wanted to get that through line with Rolo first. So let's double back to Northumbria as they are leaving the village. The smaller group is approached by a formidable force sent out by the king, led by Lord Wigia, I believe was his name and they're sitting there on horseback you see a little bit of difference right the ones in power they're sitting on and in in horseback they're not doing much besides watching the (laughs) watching their strategy play out it's already been discussed it's already been lined up versus the vikings who have all their loot and booty and then they see the team they see the obstacle in front of them and it's like oh it's time to squat up and now you're going to die and squad the fuck up they do we see the shield wall put into for full force and the benefit of the shield wall how they're able to bring in certain people from the enemy when they need to open it to pick them off one by one and you have some of like the women 
I particularly see Saul Lagatha in the back and in the front when it was need be. But that would be where typically the women would be. Um, uh, and people like Floki, who maybe not be the, the best fighting warriors, but they're good at picking people off with his axe. And then you had Arne and the other guy being used to be lifted up on the shield so that they can throw arrows in there. And despite them seeming as if they're the weaker force, they're able to very quickly beat back their enemy because they don't fear death. They welcome it. And that comes in the chant that Rolo and the rest of them had finished off like, hey, there's no better day than today to die if this is what it's meant to be. And that lends a, a more ferocious type of fighting skill against the others that are rather terrifying you see him run back to the king like they you've never seen people fight like this before they think they're from some fucking demon <laughs> sent from hell and his name is ragnar i hope you got your shitting pants on because you are about to shit your pants this is important because he becomes the boogeyman of Britannia, Brittany, whatever you want to call it at this time in history. And they get away with the with the booty after kicking their ass. They're they're heading in the other direction. Like they came from the fog and left. They know that they're responsible for what happened at Lyndon's farm and they there's those horrific accounts and this only just reinforces this idea of who's this guy he's scary he's terrifying i don't want to fuck with him so his notoriety unbeknownst to him has shifted considerably without him really knowing or doing anything other than the fact that his name was given or his name was heard they did kill that guy after gave him a drink of water like you showed us where the town was you did good and they respected him for his word but i think that he didn't understand that you should wish for death and their disappointment his disappointment with the blood all over his face (laughs) uh is him not being honorable in death by choosing choosing death instead of wishing to be be let free but of course, any rational person who want to be, uh, want to live. But those damn Vikings. So that's what they accomplished before they leave Northumbria. Then they get back home. We have the trial. There is a small moment that we get of Athelstan in this episode where he's in charge of the children. He's taking his job very seriously and Bjorn's being like any other child whose parents are not there and the strange man is now looking after him (laughs) not only a strange man a man of a different type of faith than him you see Athelson dealing with the fact that he is holding on to something that no longer he believes exists even though you have Ragnar beautifully reinforcing that he is a good Christian because he knows that means something to him. No one 
Athelstan, it's uh it is very eye-opening how he has been brought to this new society he's getting to know these people on a personal level but he's also watching the ascension of a very complicated but a a man he's starting to respect and be a little bit in awe of as you see have come and, and actually acknowledge like thank you for taking care of my children even though this is someone who took him as a slave he utilized him for information but still values him as a person even his faith in a land that it's not accepted and that makes ragnar rather extraordinary because of that tolerance because of that easy relationship you see he has with his friends even when they toast him and they say to you he immediately dismisses that his humility is brought forth as he says no to friends and to the mission not for my own personal glory and that's something to take note of uh, particularly going forward and you have athelstan someone from a completely outsider's perspective watching this unfold and it's got to be a little bit uh as i stated earlier all inspiring from him in which explains why he is becoming fascinated particularly after the attack because he is trying to figure him out he's trying to understand him on a deeper level deeper bond and he ends up doing it and everyone's figuring out like you see bjorn seeing that his father is pissed off he starts throwing the wood he knows that this was just first blood and now now it's open season because now neither can avoid what comes next because they both have an agenda they both are they both are candidates right now for power one is trying to hold on to his while the other is beginning to gain even if he doesn't want it it still is occurring because he's now had two successful missions he's beat a trial he looks like he's the king of the world and he can't enjoy that because he knows that automatically puts him on a collision course that he can't avoid and even if he wanted to now that that blood has been drawn now he's he's in it and he knows that he's also up against someone that is in a higher position he is just still a farmer versus you have the earl who has people under him that still follow his commands athelstan immediately peeps what is up and uh goes over and says i know what he's doing he's preparing himself he also has to take bjorn into town to sacrifice something he doesn't want to at first gita's the only one that's being uh, a good <laughs> a good child for this babysitter but he does he does his part he takes care of his farm and for ragnar that makes him part of his family then you have the whole scene with rollo going up to lagatha saying i did it for you it's time to stop and lastly you have the earl going to the seer he knows he's at a turning point and he is trying to confer with the gods they've always favored me he can't believe that they're turning their back on him and favoring someone else and he needs assurance even though that 
is a good indication of his insecurity if he needs quite such assurance but then again we saw ragnar do the exact same thing before he decided to make his move so i think he's probably thinking do i double down but i think he also knows maybe i can't double down and then he has a crisis of faith saying are the gods even real get the fuck out my house something also to stick in your back pocket for a later time and that is the conclusion of our episode as i stated the the stunt choreography was really great i like seeing for the first time a true viking battle because linden's farm let's be real was a slaughter (laughs) and even those eight people on the beach i mean who wants to get murdered in the middle of a communication (laughs) miscommunication error they didn't even know what was going on before it hit them what is gonna happen next well you could send feedback to blackercouch at gmail.com if you want to join in the conversation we do have mail in our mail bag so let's hop on into the feedback Christina, it's me, Shy. I'm here to give my feedback for Vikings Season 1, Episode 4, I believe I watched. Um, this one was um, really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> of course, I had to kind of look away or <laughs> not quite look at certain scenes uh, because I'm just not about the blood and gore and all that stuff. So I don't know how bad it got because I tend to not watch. Anyway, outside of that, I enjoyed this one. It was very interesting how (laughs) just just the, you know, again, Ragnar playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. Because Rolo wants the Royal, Rolo, whatever you say, the brother's name. I still, even though I'll be listening and hearing his name, every time I go to give feedback, I forget how to say it. Um, Rolo was, um, he was all about getting out there and attacking, you know, just going for it. And Ragnar is like, nope, wait. Because again, he got this intel from, gosh, what the dude's name? The, 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 the. The monk guy that's in his house watching the kids. Um, so he's gotten this intel. I mean, he's no, it's like he would make such a great leader, a great king, a great, you know, just in charge of, of, of people because he just, he thinks things through. He, he's not rash. Um, he's very um, methodical, strategic. And so he's like, Oh, yeah, let's wait until... He said, what day is it? And the guy was like, Saturday. He's like, oh, we'll wait till tomorrow. And it's like... And he just knows. Because, again, the information he's gathered, their tendencies, what they're about, what the Christian life is about, what they believe in. And so he's going to use that against them, of course, because they all gather and go to church. And he knows that they don't bring weapons into the church. So they're going to be vulnerable. And so you know it's just one of those things it's like it, it, it 
those are that's how you win especially when the odds are against you you know there's you're outmanned in certain aspects so you just don't want to go into some town this large town and not known just with brute force because why why would you need to do all that why would you risk lives when there's a way to do it to minimize the loss and so i i really thought that was i really enjoyed that about i just watch i love watching him and how he thinks and just he's just and that and i could see where harrelson feels like he's a threat and wants to get rid of him because it's, it's like everything he's saying everything he's doing he just has this presence about him like and that that's threatening to Harrelson, as we saw in this episode. He's coming up with any and every excuse to try to get rid of him. Um, of course, he thought sending him back out there would do it. Then he thought his, um, which I didn't know that was his half-brother. So I don't know if that was mentioned before. I don't know that. Um, Canute, um, that Canute was going to spy and bring back information. And that was more frustration as well because it's like why would you automatically just make your own assumptions and that be the the law like oh yeah I, I believe this is what happened so that's what, that's what happened like you sir you weren't even there you didn't even ask witnesses it's like that that was just the most ridiculous trial ever <laughs> Because it's like, oh, this is what I think happened. Even though I was thousands of miles away, um, I sent him, I have brother, to spy on him. And he must have figured that out. And he must have, you know, it's like, talk about some circumstantial evidence. Like, sir, please. Um, and so it's like, did you ask the other the other people? Of course, they would have had to lie, technically speaking. Because he really didn't kill <laughs> Canute. Um, but still, I mean, they know that they that was it was all f- for their um, justice. Uh, it was justice because he tried to rape Lagertha. I don't know. I'm saying her name wrong, probably. And so, um, yeah, that's it was a righteous kill according to their laws and you know how they do things. So, so it's very interesting. So, but yeah, we saw, you know, then he's tried to, and, and I was, I was, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I was, um, not completely, uh, confident that Ro- Ro- Rolo wasn't gonna turn on. Cause yeah, he was playing on, uh, his jealousy, his envy of his brother and all that good stuff. So he was playing him like a fiddle for a minute there. So I really thought he, and then he was dangling the daughter. It's like, don't trust that dude. You know, just like the guy, oh, you can have my wife. And then he thinks he's going to have her. And then he ends up dead. Like, yeah, you can marry my daughter. And then after Ragnar is dead, like, oh, please, who are you? You're a peon. I got bigger and better things for my daughter to marry, you know, besides someone that don't got nothing. So, I mean, I think he Rolo wasn't that dumb. I, he figured that out about him. Like, okay, yeah, up until you get what you want, and then you're going to turn on me. I don't, I'm good, dog. So I was glad that he wasn't, he was smart enough to know that and not turn on his brother. And so that was good that he played him like that until the very end. So he had no choice but to, uh, 
go with what happened. I mean, which really, I mean, obviously besides Ragnar not killing him, but outside of that, that's, it was a justice kill. Um, and so I know that there is probably going to be some, which we saw at the end of this episode, again, you know, Harrelson being the, uh, the douche and the biatch that he is sending his little means to try to kill them because he's feeling threatened by this guy. He's feeling like, um, he can take him and take over and absurd him from, um, his throne. So he's trying to take him out in any way he can. He tried to do it through the trial method and now he's just trying to out and out kill him but i'm like you sent how many oh yeah he sent a bunch of people because it was all piled up in the wagon so but poor eric they killed the least um father so that was messed up and you can see that um ragnar was devastated by it and then we see that harrelson is uh very much <laughs> trying to I should say feel threatened by his hold on his throne um so he's talking to the seer um try to you know see his future um and of course the seer is like uh the gods allowed your two sons to die so your time on this earth your your line is about to come to an end dog um basically what he was saying so it's like you can fight it if you want but you know this guy is coming to get you and you know it that's why you're seeking out this guy or this thing, the seer. Because you know your 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 days are numbered, pal. Especially after that stunt you pulled and you didn't and you weren't successful at it. So yeah. And we all know and everybody knows you did it. You know the you know Ragnar is smart. He's gonna figure out that it was you. So yeah. Um I thought so yeah, this whole thing was just very good. I, I really enjoyed this episode. I'm really wondering if there's a story behind Lagatha and Rolo because he's just really, really in his feelings when it comes to her. Like there's something that went down, or maybe she like they were she liked him until she met Ragnar or something. I don't know. It just seemed like he's he's just I mean because it's obvious it's been years since uh, her and Ragnar been together and he's still pining out he's pining over her still so whatever happened it's uh it's still got a hold of him to the point where he just he can't move on I'm very interested in what's gonna happen next with Ragnar and Harrelson because you know that he's he's coming after him I mean what he did was a uh, um what they call bush league it was it was shady it was not you know he wasn't man enough to face what he need to face, he'd be sending his um, his minions out to do his dirty work, and so um, I know that it's something that is about to go down. I'm sure Harrelson is continuing to feel threatened and is gonna, you know, try to kill him again. And then he's just gonna have to Ragnar's gonna have to take him out. Ultimately, it's just not gonna end. They can't coexist. We can see that now. So. All right, that's all I got for this one. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. Glad that you enjoyed. Uh, Shy wants Ragnar to walk around with a Make Vikings Great Again shirt. <laughs> oh, she's over there gushing. She got you. He, she, he got you in four episodes. He got you in four episodes, though. <laughs> he, he just kidding. 
started, girl. He just getting started. Um, still hate Rolo. <laughs> i was playing devil's advocate for him in in uh in the episode so i'll, I'll let those comments speak for themselves um i also don't love rollo but i like the way you broke it down exactly he was smart enough to know like okay if i am gonna fuck over my brother it's gonna be for something that's worth fucking him over for something and you show his shit ain't it talking about you gonna let me get your daughter yeah the fuck you will and they know him to be a deceitful person because they know they watched him do it they watched him do it they saw that one man get killed over some bullshit knowing that that land was something him and the lord was splitting over like i was doing that shit on your behalf bro so yeah they know he be on some bullshit so good catch on that uh it also put ragnar in his debt as he said he's like i'm in your debt brother he's like yeah i know i know <laughs> basically i'm gonna use this leverage in the future don't think i'm not and if what we're saying or suspecting you know if there was something going on between rollo and lagatha maybe they was catching eyes before her and ragnar got together that would also add fuel to the fire of being one bitter ass brother last point despite what they said or athelstan said about him preparing he's still very much the underdog in this once again this is the earl this is the elected official this is equivalent to the king in their province and he is now in direct conflict with the earl who has many men and many men with arms at his disposal whereas he is simply a farmer and thus he has a reason to prepare but he also knows it's coming from a place of not ease like this is not this is potentially really bad for him actually it is in all odds it is bad for him and he knows if he's going to get through it he needs to be in he needs to be in full body like i gotta i gotta know what's coming because what's coming down the pipeline it feels big and it is it can go my way or it cannot go my way and i have to be prepared for either outcome doesn't look like mimi is going to make it i'm sure we will hear from her next week she said she hopefully was going to get to it today but it doesn't seem like she has so uh i will we'll see you all next week <laughs> same time same place check the schedule if you want to send feedback blackwoodcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>